Let's take our Bibles this morning. We're going to turn to the book of Acts. Last week, as we were talking about being involved, we're doing our part walking worthy of the vocation uh, wherewith we're called. And, uh, and he tells us to walk in, uh, in humility with lowliness of mind and, and heart and, uh, and with meekness and long-suffering. And today, I want to talk about another aspect of, of the ministry. And I'm, I'm grateful that what God calls us to do, He also enables us to do. Where, where He guides, it's been said, where He guides, He provides. And I'm thankful for that. He wouldn't tell us to do something that He didn't give us the power uh, to accomplish. And uh, so today, we want to look at this, this power uh, and the fact that God has empowered the church to, to fulfill the Great Commission, to do what He's called us to do. In Acts chapter 1, the Bible tells us in verse 8, Jesus said, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for what you've done in our lives already. Uh, today, I want to thank you for how you've spoken to our hearts and how we've been encouraged as we've listened and, and, and participated in the songs and as we've sung uh, about your, uh, how great you are and, and how that you are glorified and, and the sacrifice that you've given on our behalf. Lord, we, we praise you and we thank you. And Lord, we pray that today as, as the, our Bibles are open, I pray that our hearts will be open. I pray that uh, we'll receive what you have to say to your church. And as part, of, as part of your church, help me to receive what you have for me. I pray that for each individual here today. I pray for those that may be here that are not saved. Lord, I pray that they will trust you as, as their Lord and Savior. That today they will decide to trust you and to turn from their doubts, to turn from their, uh, their own uh, self-effort and from, uh, from their religion or their lack thereof, and that they'll trust you for a relationship and for eternal life. Lord, for all that you do in our midst, we'll thank you and we'll praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jesus is speaking to his disciples uh, just before he goes away, goes, uh, just before he ascends back to heaven. They've, they've walked with him for, uh, for three and a half years. Uh, they have seen him work many miracles. They've, they've listened to him teach and preach, and they have gone out themselves, and, and they've cast, they have cast out devils, and they have pr uh, preached the gospel. And they have uh, been part of what God was beginning there uh, as Jesus was fulfilling his ministry here on earth. But then they saw Jesus arrested. And they saw him, uh, they saw him put to death on the cross. They, they saw uh, him uh, as his body was taken down and, and put into the grave. But then three days later, they, uh, as they were hiding in the uh, hiding uh, from uh, from the Jews because they thought that they were next, that the Jews were going to come after them uh, to kill them, uh, they were in hide. The, the disciples were in hiding, and they they got word from Mary, Mary Magdalene, that uh, that she and other ladies had gone to the tomb, and the tomb was empty, and Jesus was alive. 
Jesus had risen from the dead. Peter and John went running to the tomb to see, uh, to see this great sight, to see uh, what had happened there, and they, and they saw that the tomb was empty. They saw that, uh, that uh, Jesus was not there, and they were looking for him, and they, were, uh, they wanted to know where he was. Later on that evening, well, the, the angel told him, he, he's, why seek you the living among the dead? He's, he's not here. He's alive. And they said, come see the place where the Lord lay. They were looking to see where Jesus, where Jesus was, and they, they saw where he had been, uh, where his, his dead body had, had lain, and they, and they saw that it was no longer there. The grave clothes were, were there, but Jesus' body was not. Later that evening, as they were gathered together uh, in the upper room, the Bible tells us that Jesus appeared to them. And he said, hey, don't, don't, don't be afraid. It's, it's me. And, and he, he spoke to them, and he, he talked to them and encouraged them. And the Bible says that he showed himself alive uh, with many infallible proofs. He proved to them that he was not, that he was not uh, a ghost, that he was, in fact, uh, resurrected from the dead. Then after many, uh, after showing himself to over 500 people at one time uh, and showing himself over in many different situations and circumstances and working some miracles, this, this day he met with his disciples on, on the side of a mountain. And, he, and he's talking with them and encouraging them. And, and the disciples said, Lord, is now when you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? See, they'd been looking for a, a military leader. They'd been looking for someone to come and take over and to rule and reign on earth and set up his kingdom. And while he began the spiritual work, the work of actually setting up that kingdom and ruling here on earth, uh, that, that would not happen and, uh, for, for many years and, and still uh, is, is yet to come. And we're looking forward to the day when Jesus does set up his kingdom here on earth. Uh, after, after the tribulation, after we're, the rapture, we're gone out of here and then we come back with him. That's another story for another time. But the disciples were wondering, Lord, is now when you're going to set up your kingdom? And he said, he said that, that is the, the times and seasons uh, that God has, uh, has planned. He said, that's not for you to know. He's, but what you do need to know is that you're going to receive power. The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And you will be witnesses of me. You will be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. He, he's, he's, he had given them uh, what, we, what we know as, and we commonly call the Great Commission. Go, into, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In Matthew, he puts it this way. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And he said, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. 
He's giving them the command. These, these uh, 12 men, and perhaps there were some others gathered there with them, uh, with them on, uh, or these 11 men, rather, and perhaps there were some others gathered with them there on the mount of, of, of uh, where Jesus would ascend back to heaven. And he gives them this command to, uh, and tells them, not only what I'm telling you to do, am I giving you this responsibility? He said, but I'm going to empower you to do it. I'm going to give you the power, the ability to accomplish what I'm calling you to do. First of all, uh, first of all, this morning we want to we want to see uh, we want to see the promise of the power, the promise of power. Jesus said, "But ye shall receive power." Ye shall receive power. Now, this this is not uh, th- this doesn't mean that that you know sparks are going to fly from our fingertips. This doesn't mean that that lightning bolts will shoot from our hands and lasers from our eyes. But he means that he's going to give us the strength and the ability to do what he calls us to do. He's going to enable us with supernatural power from on high to to defeat Satan as the the church of the living God charges the gates of hell. Those gates of hell will not prevail against us. And it, and it happens not as not as, as fanning out and, and standing shoulder to shoulder and marching into town saying, here, we're here to take over. That's not how it happens. But it happens as you and I get on our knees and we pray and we talk to God and we, and we build and grow in that relationship with God, grow in our fellowship with God. We spend time in the Word of God and we, and we go out empowered by God to take the message of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. See, the power that we have is not power that comes from, that comes from ourselves, but it is power from on high. He said, ye shall receive power. Jesus told his disciples, he, he, said, uh, he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. He said, because I have all power, I want you to go and tell all nations. I have a job for you to do. And he's promising us power. Now, many times, because we don't feel a surge of energy, we feel like I don't have the power. Because we don't, uh, because we don't uh, feel like we're strengthened to do it. We don't feel capable of doing the work. We don't feel smart enough. We don't feel like we know enough to do what God has called us to do. We don't think that God has kept his promise to empower us. But he has. See, the Bible, the Bible tells us that we walk by faith, not by sight. Although we may not feel empowered, we are empowered to go and do what Jesus has told us to do. We do have the power of the living God working within us to help us as we go and share the gospel with loved ones, with family, with friends, with coworkers, with total strangers. The Spirit of God is at work in us and He is working through us to help us to, be, to, to say what needs to be said. And it's not with wisdom of words. Paul said, you know, Paul said, you know me. You know when I came along, I didn't come speaking with with eloquent speech and, and fancy words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. See, if it's our eloquence that convinces people, that convinces people to make a to make an emotional decision. 
they're trusting in what we're saying. But what we need is for the Spirit of God to be working through us. That as we speak to them and share the truth of the gospel, that their heart is, is, is pricked by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God. They're, they're convicted and drawn to a place of repentance. See, it's not Philip Jones that is smart enough or, or capable of presenting the gospel. But let me tell you, if you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need to hear the gospel. And, and let me just tell you what the gospel is. The word gospel means good news. And it is very good news. But it's good news because, well, let's start with, let's start with the bad news. Have you ever had somebody say, I've got good news and bad news? And you're like, well, give me the bad news first, you know. Um, the bad news is, that we're sinners. We are separated from God because of our sin. We are born in sin. And man, mankind is born in sin. And it's because our first parents, Adam and Eve, sinned. They chose to disobey God. And they chose to, to believe the lies of the devil. And the Bible says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Our first parents uh, were, uh, were sinners, and, and, they, and, and that sin nature was passed down to their kids. And it was passed down to their kids, and, and to their kids, all the way down to you and me today. And today, uh, we, every one of us, we were born with a sin nature. And we live, uh, bef apart from God, we, we would live in that sin. We would live in bondage to that sin. We would live lives defeated by sin. And we would just do what sin and Satan told us to do. But there's good news. Jesus came to set us free. Amen. Jesus came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. See, the bad news is not just that we're sinners. The bad news goes on to, to, to tell us that because of our sin, sin must be judged and, and sin must be paid for and the, the penalty for sin is death and, and the punishment for sin is eternity in hell. And, and I'm, I'm grateful that Jesus Christ took our penalty and he paid the price. Jesus suffered for me and you when he died on the cross. The good news is that God so loved the world, God loved each and every one of us so much that Jesus Christ, uh, God in the flesh, came to this earth and died on the cross for me and you. So if we will put our trust in him, our sins will be forgiven. See, it's not by works of righteousness which we've done. Our logic says, well, if I'm bad, if I'm a sinner because I do bad things, then doing good things will make me not a sinner and that will make me be pleasing to God. That's what human logic says, but that's not, the, that's not what God says. God says it is not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to his mercy that he saves us. God says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
God says that your righteousnesses, the best things that you can do in his eyes are filthy rags. That doesn't measure up to God's standard of holiness. That's what God says. So how are we to think that we're gonna be good enough to earn favor with God if all the best that we can do is present him filthy rags? We need help. Without help, we have no hope. But there's good news. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus died on the cross. He paid the price to give us forgiveness, to give us eternal life. He offers to you forgiveness of sins and he'll give you his righteousness and your sin will be forever blotted out. It'll be forever removed and washed away and never to be remembered against you anymore. That's the good news. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Wages come because, uh, you receive wages because you deserve wages. But a gift is something you don't deserve. You don't necessarily deserve it, but it's given by grace. We deserve eternal death separated from God in hell and the lake of fire. But God offers a gift of grace instead. And if you will receive that gift by faith, he'll forgive you and save you. That's the good news. You don't have to know all the, child of God, you don't have to know all the Bible verses. You just need to believe his promise that he will empower you. There's the promise of the power. And then secondly, secondly, we see, we, we see the person of the power. The person of the power. Jesus said, ye shall receive power. Notice this, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. See, it is the Spirit of God that dwells in the child of God. And it's by him that we have the power of God. See, the, we, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. They are, they are equal in power. They are, they are equal in holiness. They are, they are the Godhead. And, and having trusted Christ as our Savior, the Spirit of God, God the Holy Ghost it comes and he lives inside of us. He indwells us. And, and because he is all-powerful and he is in us, then we have all power in us. It's not by us. It's not, it's not that we are all-powerful, but we have the power of God available in us to work through us for the purpose of accomplishing his will. His will that we take the gospel message to all the world. The person is the Holy Spirit of God. The person is God himself. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. 
because he has power and he is in me and in you as children of God. We have the power that we need to go and we need to rely on him. We need to to realize that it is his power, not our own. See, the person of the power is God himself. And we need to rely on him. The Bible tells us, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Now that's speaking of acknowledging him and he's going to direct. But that same truth is, is that, that same uh, principle holds true when it comes to doing what God has called us to do. We are not to lean on our own strength and our own power. We are to trust in Him and in His power and in every situation in life, acknowledge Him, acknowledge His power and He will give us the strength and He will give us the direction for our life and He will, he will enable us and work through us to accomplish His purpose in you and in me. The person of the power is the Holy Spirit of God, and He is indwelling us as believers. I'm thankful that I have the Spirit of God. One of His names is the Comforter. It's not always easy to serve God. Sometimes we face persecution. Sometimes we face resistance from, uh, from, uh, from others. And, and I'm thankful that we have the Spirit of God indwelling us, that He is there to encourage us. I'm so thankful for our church family. I thank God, as, as, as Paul said in one of, one of the epistles, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. I thank God every time I think about you, church, because you, you, are, you are walking testimonies of the power of God. And your lives are being changed um, and you're being shaped and molded more and more into the, into the image and likeness of God. And he's, he's changing you and helping you as you yield to him. His power is being seen in you. His glory, the evidence of his power is, is your testimony. That you were once a child of darkness. You were once bound in sin. You once lived by old habits. You had demons that were fighting against you. You had devils that were dragging you into, into sin and into addictions and to this and that and trying to find joy and peace and happiness and, and love and whatever your hand could, could find. But God has delivered you and God has changed you and you are a testimony of his power. And I thank God for you. But you know, we can't always be together to, to remind one another. Even, even married couples, you're not always together. And there are times, there are times when, uh, when either I'm gone running some errands and Mackenzie's at home by herself or, or vice versa. Or we're, you know, ministry has taken us in two different directions for, uh, for a day. And, and, and during that day, we may come under attack of the devil. And while we may not be together, hey, there's somebody, there is somebody that is present with us at all times. And he is there to encourage us. He is there to strengthen us. He is there to remind us of the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. And that is, that is the Holy Spirit of God who is indwelling us. And we can talk to him. It doesn't matter what's going on. We can talk to him. We can commune with him. We can, we can be comforted by him. We can be strengthened by him. The Bible says, uh, the, the Bible says, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. And God's spirit renews us. He strengthens us in the inner man. To fulfill what God has called us to do. 
I'm thankful for the person of the power. But let's look thirdly at the purpose of the power. Jesus said, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Notice this, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. Paul said, ye are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Your family knows, if, you're, if you have a good relationship with your family, and you should, if you don't, I only encourage you to, to do what you can to make that right. Your family should know that you're a, you're a child of God. Your coworkers should know that you're a Christian. I don't mean that you have to go in there with, you know, that, that you need to take a red Sharpie and, and write Jesus on your shirt, you know. You don't have to write Christian on your forehead, but your life ought to show that there's something different about you. And your lips ought to speak words of, of blessing and, and words of faith. And you, your, your lips should be sharing the truth of Jesus Christ. Your lips should be praising God from your heart. We should, we should let it be known that we are a child of God and not be ashamed. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I, Paul wasn't ashamed and Paul suffered many things because he was not ashamed of the gospel. And you and I, we will face persecution. The Bible, say, the Bible says, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That means we will find oppo face opposition. We will, we will be opposed in this life. But the Spirit of God is there to help us and to encourage us. And the purpose of the power is for us to be a witness. Now, as, as people watch your life, is your life testifying that you know Jesus Christ? Does your life show that you are a believer in Jesus Christ? Does your life say that, that Jesus has changed you? Does your life testify of the power of God to transform uh, someone from the inside and to set them free from sin? Or does your life say that you're claiming the name of Christ but wanting to live in your sin? What does your life say? See, if, if you claim the name of Christ, but you continue to live uh, in habitual sin and you continue on in sin, uh, that tells your friends and family that God doesn't have power to set you free. But he does. He has power. And if you're saved, he is in you. And his power is available to you for you to live free from sin freed from that bondage, freed from that, the, those addictions, freed from those habits. And your life is testifying unto him. Your life is giving testimony to the power of Jesus Christ. Now the question is, are we a good witness or are we a bad witness? Are we showing the world that Jesus is able, that God is sufficient, that he has the power? Or are we telling them that he's not quite enough? 
See, he has the power. And he does give victory. The difference is that you and I have to choose to live in it. There's two choices on the shelf, serving God or serving self. And when we choose to serve God and please God, we're going to let our light shine before men and they will see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. But if we live our lives to serve and to please ourselves, then we're not letting our light shine and we are being a poor testimony for Jesus Christ. Many times people wonder, why won't my family get saved? It may be that you're not showing them the power of Jesus Christ. It may be that you're not showing them the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, ye shall be witnesses unto me. Now the purpose of the power is for us to be a good witness to Jesus Christ. Jesus said, go ye therefore, and teach all nations. Make disciples of all nations. Reach people all around the world. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God wants us to be busy going and reaching this world with the gospel. But it starts with you. And it starts in your heart. And it's, it, it spills out into your home and it spills out into, into your, uh, your uh, uh, workplace, into the places that you go. Your testimony, the power of God does his work in you and through you to give you victory and to help you to be the witness that God wants you to be. Because your testimony is going to speak more for Jesus Christ than your words ever will. But when your testimony and your words are working together and, and, and they are in line with the scriptures and, they, and you're living victoriously and, and you're sharing the gospel with others, hey, the, the Spirit of God is able to work through you and to use your words powerfully to reach many with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to see people saved. A preacher of old, Harry Ironside, said if, said, if lips and life do not agree, the testimony will not amount to much. The purpose of the power is for us to be a witness to Jesus Christ. People know you. They watch your life. They watch to see if you're still struggling with sin. Now, we do sin, but we shouldn't have to be struggling and defeated by sin constantly. We shouldn't be living in habitual sin. God gives victory over that. We need to choose to live in it. God gives peace and he gives joy. So when we go through difficult times, we can, we can navigate through those storms of life with peace in our hearts. Peace is not necessarily going to always surround us, but peace can always indwell us because the Spirit of God is there. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. What is your life saying about Jesus Christ? He said, ye shall be witnesses unto me. We need to be good witnesses and show the world his power. We see the, the promise of, of power. We see the person of the power, the purpose of the power, and now the potential of the power. He says, ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Hey, everywhere. 
He wants you to be a witness. Paul said of one of the churches, he, he said, he said, your testimony, uh, your, the testimony of your faith has spread throughout all the region. He said, so I don't, I don't ever have to tell anybody about you. He said, I, I just go and speak about, about your church and people know, all, they know the testimony of your faith and how, how committed you are to Jesus Christ and how you believed him and you turned to him from, uh, from dead idols and you trusted in the living God and, and you've let him change you and transform your life. He said, he said your testimony is being, is being spread all around. Hey, what about the testimony of your faith? What about, uh, what about your witness? Is, how, far, how far is your witness spreading? Do you, do you witness of, of the power of God uh, outside of your home? Do you share, it's, good, it's good for us to, to have our time together as a family and to, and to read the Bible together and to pray together and to, and to uh, thank God for food together and to pray each, each day and each night and all of that. It's, th- those are good things. And it's good to talk within the walls of our home about the blessings of God and the power of God. But we need to do more than just, w- just share that within the walls of our home. We need to go out. He said, go ye therefore. He didn't say stay right here. He said, go ye therefore and teach all nations. He wants us to go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come that his house may be filled. He wants us to reach every person, rich and poor, educated and uneducated, regardless of who they are. He wants us to reach them all with the gospel. Now, they may not receive it, but let them, not, let them not be able to say that we didn't try to tell them. We need to be doing our part to go to, go to the, uh, in, in a five-mile radius around us, there, there are 500,000 people. And we need to do our part to reach as many of those 500,000 as we can with the gospel. We need to be diligently going and talking to people about Jesus Christ and sharing his good news with everybody we can. And and yes, we might overlap. And yes, we might talk to somebody twice about it. But hey, everybody needs to hear. Everybody in our Jerusalem, everybody right here in our area needs to hear about Jesus Christ and what he did in your life and what he can do for them. But not just in, in our Jerusalem. He said, he said both in Jerusalem and in Judea that our Judea would be like uh, all of Southern California. This region around us is, is our Judea and we need to be doing our part to see that the gospel is taken throughout Southern California. We want to see as many in Southern California saved as possible. And we do that by being a witness ourselves, but also by, uh, by helping, to, helping to sponsor other churches to be planted and people to go and, and, to, and to be a witness in various areas around us. We have the privilege of supporting uh, the Calmettas there in Murrieta as they've planted Restoration Baptist Church and, and doing a great job reaching that community with the gospel and praise the Lord for that. Hey, and we need, to be, we need to be faithful to support the, the uh, evangelistic work of, of, of this church 
right here at home. But we also need to be reaching out and helping other churches around us, planting other churches so that the gospel is being spread throughout the region. Then he said Samaria. Samaria was a neighboring, was a neighboring city and, or a, a, a community there. And we could, we could say that our Samaria would be like Arizona or, or Nevada or any of these places around us. Or up towards San Francisco. That would be our Samaria. Our, our neighbors around our region. And we need to, and Samaria, Samaria to these Jews was a place, was a place that the Jews hated and, and they were people that were despised of the Jews. Hey, if there are people that, if there are people that, uh, that in your heart, you just kind of, uh, whenever you think about them, hey, you need to go reach them with the gospel. Jesus loves them and you should too. But then he said into the uttermost part of the earth. reaching around the world through, uh, through uh, world, uh, world missions by, uh, by giving, in, uh, giving in the offering to missions so our church can invest in, in missionaries around the world to preach the gospel and to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank God for the missionaries and the church planners that we, that we support. We want to support more. We want, we want to support more, but we need to be doing our part right here as well. We need to be witnesses. It thrilled my heart to hear this week of one of our ladies that was witnessing to a, uh, witnessing to a friend and, and sharing the gospel with them. And, and I pray, that, I pray that, that, that that good news just works in that person's heart until they, until they trust him as their savior. And, I, and people don't always tell me when they're witnessing to somebody, but hey, it's, it's good to hear. And, we, and the more we witness and the more we tell people about Jesus Christ, the more we're going to see people saved and the more we're going to see people added to the church. I'm so thankful for the privilege of, of preaching the gospel, of sharing the gospel. The, the potential of the power is, is that we can reach the world. We can reach around the world and we can preach the gospel to every creature to every person to the uttermost parts of the earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ and not only teach them the good news of the gospel then we can go on and, and disciple them and teach them to do what he's called us to do a few weeks ago I talked about how uh, how we can accomplish this by, by reaching one person and discipling them and, and, and then reaching one person and discipling them and, and continuing that cycle. We can reach multitudes if we will all choose to be busy obeying the command of Jesus Christ. Not in our own strength. I'll tell you, it's easy to get weary. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. Don't get tired of living for God and serving God. Don't, don't get tired of being a witness for Jesus Christ. You might not see immediate results, but you keep plowing, you keep planting, you keep serving, you keep uh, witnessing, you keep living for God and letting your light shine. Uh, and he says, in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Just stay at it. Be faithful. Be faithful. 
and trust in his power. See, he promised power. You may not feel like you have it, but the results will speak for themselves. When somebody gets saved, when somebody's life is is transformed, hey, the power of God is working through you to reach somebody else. Paul said, I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. Sometimes we're planting seed. Sometimes uh, someone else is going to water it, and someone else will come along and, and go to share the gospel with them and get to lead them to Christ. But we're all working together for the faith of the gospel. We're all s- serving together to reach as many as we can while we can because there's going to come a day when we cannot because we're no longer going to be here. Jesus Christ could return to take us out of here in the rapture, or he could call us out of here through means of death. And we'll no longer be able to do the work that he's called us to do. So I want to encourage you, don't put it off. Let's be busy because he has empowered us. We need to go out in the power of God to do what he has called us to do. I'm thankful for his promise I'm thankful for the person of the power. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the purpose of that power. That we get to have a part in the work that God is doing. And I'm grateful for the potential. I'm grateful that God has given us a, a task to do that can change the world. It can literally change the world. Now, I understand Scripture tells us that there'll be many that are going in. The, the, uh, wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many there be which go in thereat. And I understand that he said, straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life and few there be that find it. But I want us to see how many that few can possibly be. I want, to see, I want to see multitudes come to know Jesus Christ as a result of God's people right here at Crosspoint. Getting busy and letting God's power be seen in our lives. He's empowered us. Let's go use that power to reach this city and the world with the gospel. Let's stand together. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for the power that you've made available to us. I want to thank you for your spirit that indwells us. And Lord, I pray that we will will use your power to reach our city with the gospel. Lord, I pray that each of us will make ourselves available to you to be conduits of your, of your power and your grace to flow through us, to reach as many as we can, loved ones, family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, strangers with the gospel. Please do your work in us and through us. We'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.